0: on local now, channel 525.
1: The Bruce Woolley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So, my politician that I love From another state is Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina. Uh, I've played Mark Robinson before, plain spoken. He's a nightmare for those on the left because he is a very conservative, although very black individual. He is not afraid to take a conservative position. And because of that, he has been demonized, criticized marginalized. He operates in a state where the governor is a Democrat. They elect the lieutenant governor separate from the governor. He has not backed down, even though he has been criticized at every turn for campaigning against things like critical race theory, social emotional learning. North Carolina tried to get through some progressive standards in its education system regarding American history. Now, the governor was fine with it. Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor, was not fine with it. And his campaigning against it got him labeled in a political cartoon as a Ku Klux Klansman. A Ku Klux Klansman, a black man in North Carolina who has risen to the level of lieutenant governor, portrayed in a political cartoon as a Ku Klux Klansman. Well, Mark Robinson is not the kind of guy who takes that criticism quietly. And this is the exact kind of courage that I'm talking about. When I say that, in this culture now, you have to know what you believe, but you have to know why you believe it, and you have to be willing to defend it calmly, in a measured way, but not without passion. Mark Robinson has a lot of passion. Give a listen to what it sounds like when you call out the left for its duplicity.
2: That cartoon doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is the hypocrisy behind it. That's what bothers me, that you would portray a black man just because he's in the GOP as a clansman. That you would portray an American Indian woman, a Native American woman, Olivia Oxidine, who is a Lumbee Indian, and who has had to face the Klan, face-to-face, and their egregious actions, and has had to fight against them. You would portray her as something that vile. The hypocrisy is mind-numbing, folks. And I'm here to tell you right now, this office is not going to stand by and let it go by and when I'm not going to go along to get along, I'm going to call them out on every, on every time. Because here it is. What I want to know from WRAL, is that who you are? Is that who you want to represent yourself to be in this state? And again, it's not a private individual. It's not a private Facebook page. That is a newspaper. It sells itself to millions of people across this state that would put something that vile out. When I understand, the person who drew this is an eighth grade social studies teacher. That's true, and he's teaching these falsehoods. Because, by the way, wasn't anybody in the GOP that promoted the Ku Klux Klan and the ideals thereof? I can tell you who did that. If he's promoting this in WRAL, what is he doing in his classroom? So these standards are divisive. And this should give us pause to pump the brakes, slow down, and revisit this issue. Like, teacher in a a North Carolina middle school would draw a drawing like that depicting the first black lieutenant governor as a Ku Klux Klansman. It's something we cannot stand for, folks. It's something that I'm not gonna stand for. Free speech, yes. I'm all for it. But when your free speech proves you to be a hypocrite and I will say this publicly, proves you to be a hypocrite and a liar. We won't stand solid for it, and we're going to stand up against it.
1: So that's what it sounds like when you articulate your position clearly, concisely, and with passion. Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. The the cartoon pictured a extremely big elephant, which the elephant is the mascot for the Republican Party, with a clan hood on, holding up a paper that indicated his objection to the social studies huh, advancement in training. And so the clear message of the editorial cartoon was that Mark Robinson is a Klansman because he opposes teaching divisive concepts when it comes to race. And these same divisive concepts are the kind of concepts that teachers in Ohio would be allowed to teach if House Bill 616 does not become law. Now, House Bill 616 is not perfectly written, but the sentiment of the bill is necessary for students in the state of Ohio because we have an education system in the state of Ohio that is also trending toward these same kinds of of left-of-left policies that progressives favor, that the Biden administration supports. And that's why the selection of the next head of the Ohio Board of Education, it's basically like the state school board, is going to be so important. It's why a lot of us relaxed when Steve Dakin was hired as the new superintendent about mm, a month or so ago. Now, he'd only been hired about two weeks before he resigned. And he had not been a candidate early on, and then he became a candidate later on, and a lot of people were concerned about him becoming a candidate at a late stage of the selection process because he had obviously, as a member of the board, sat in there and heard the applications and probably been on on interviews of other candidates. But Dakin was seen as a really, really good choice for the board. He resigned. He has not explained why he resigned. There may be a good reason, but at this point in time, we don't know what that is. But we have a new selection, an interim selection. And this is one that... mm, I'm not, let me just put it this way. I'm wary of the selection of Stephanie Siddons as the interim head of the Ohio Board of Education. Why am I wary? Because when you look at her bio, she has degrees from Iowa and the College of Worcester. Okay, I'd feel a whole lot better if one of those degrees was from Hillsdale or Cedarville or Liberty or someplace like that. But no. No. No, from Iowa, which is heavily Democratic and extremely progressive, and Worcester, which is also the same. Now, I thought, well, maybe I can alleviate my concerns. I'll just go to Stephanie Siddons' Twitter page, and I'll see what she has tweeted before. Certainly, she's had opinions about issues on education in the state of Ohio, and maybe my concerns will be alleviated. Maybe she'll be an advocate for House Bill 616 or for House Bill 454, which would prevent minors from having life-altering surgeries or taking life-altering drugs because they're in a phase where they think that their biological sex and their cognitive reality of that sex are mismatched. Maybe I'll find that Stephanie Siddons is an ally. But instead I go to her Twitter page, And while she has updated her Twitter page to reflect the fact that she is the interim superintendent of public instruction for the Ohio Department of Education, which is a fancy way of saying you're the superintendent of the Ohio School Board. Uh, She has protected her tweets from public view. You cannot see them. I have requested uh, to be allowed to be one of her followers who can see her tweets. She has only 158 followers. Now, I'm not the person who demeans other people because, oh, look at your social media following. It's not very robust. No, I mean, if I didn't have to have social media for this job to grow my audience and to get my content out to you so you could know where I stand on issues and try to broaden my impact in the market because of the positions that I advocate for, I think are positions that, Need to be aired in our market, I wouldn't be on social media either. So maybe it's innocent. Or what I fear is that Stephanie Siddons has only a small cadre of followers because she wants to keep secret things that wouldn't be popular with you or with me. We'll find out. If I'm allowed to follow her, look we'll at the answer. If I'm not, mm, that'll be an answer too. We're just over an hour away from the Fed meeting to decide how much it will raise interest rates. It absolutely will raise them. Uh, thoughts were that it might raise interest rates incrementally, quarter of a point. Inflation is higher than people anticipated. Latest numbers 8.6%. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden said uh, yesterday that uh, the inflation in the United States is uh, not higher than it is everywhere else. Uh, that is a lie. Inflation in the U.S., 8.6%. Latest numbers, Germany, 79 India, 7%. Italy, 6.9%. Canada, 6.8%. France, 5.2%. Israel, 40 Japan, 25 All those countries, lower than ours. So Biden portrays it as a worldwide problem. It might be a worldwide problem. It's a bigger problem here than it is anywhere. There is no easy way out, but there is a way out. And the way out is to reduce the money supply if inflation is too much money chasing too few goods, then you reduce the amount of money in the economy and you increase the amount of goods. But Biden is Mr. Regulation. One of the goods that he could definitely produce more of is oil, which would lead to more gas, which would lead to lower prices, which would seep into everything because pretty much everything has to be transported to market by truck or rail or air, all of which takes energy and gas. So it's not a hard-to-figure-out fix. It is a hard-to-endure fix. I pointed out that the 8.6% inflation number is the highest since December of 1981, which was 12 months after Ronald Reagan took office. And Reagan is the guy who dug us out of inflation after the Carter regime, which is the regime that most closely resembles the Biden regime. But it took Reagan several years, and it will take us several years, and every day we wait, and we will have to wait at least two and a half more years because Joe Biden is clearly not going to produce more domestic energy. He'd rather go and beg the Saudis for oil, and that's fine, I guess, but don't you dare be a professional golfer and do business with the Saudis, or you will be branded someone who embraces human rights violations. So it's not okay for Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson to take money from the Saudis, but it's fine for Joe Biden to take oil from the Saudis. Uh, I would ask Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, to explain all this to me, but I can't be certain that there would be an answer to my question in that big old binder that she brings to every press conference because she is completely incapable of giving an answer to anything unless it is written down for her by someone else to read. This is glaringly obvious to anyone who watches her stumble and bumble her way through a White House press conference, but she is a black gay woman, so there's that. The other day she was asked for an update on the infant baby formula crisis. Whoops-a-daisy, someone left that out of the binder.
0: First, um, what is the White House, what is the latest update the White House has received on the current formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Uh, I think it's been a couple of days mm. since we have asked ask that question. Mm.
1: Looking, looking, searching, looking, searching, searching, looking, still. Okay.
0: I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I don't I just don't have them in front of me, but if you <laughs> want to come back and we'll we'll talk through uh the things that we have been able to do in the past well, the most recent activities that we've done.
1: Wow. Wow, that's bad. That is bad. Um not surprising, but bad. This is What happens when you hire someone because they check intersectionality boxes instead of being competent and understanding complex issues? I had nothing good to say about Jen Psaki during her time as the White House press secretary, but at least Jen Psaki had a brain. Though it was enslaved to leftism, she could at least articulate positions without reading them. Corinne Jean-Pierre cannot do even that. She's also caught in the headlights whenever somebody asks her a tough question, particularly when she goes on a network like CNN and doesn't expect to get a tough question.
0: The economists do cite the war in Ukraine and supply chain issues. We did have that before the war, supply chain issues. They also say that last year's stimulus package, which you mentioned, contributed to inflation, Corinne. Does the Biden administration bear some responsibility for this? So... First of all, um, the American Rescue Plan met the moment, and it has put us in a place mm-hmm. where we can actually uh, uh, put us in a place where the American people feel mm-hmm. can, can, can actually we can take on inflation. What I mean by that is we've we've seen growth, right? With eight, as I mentioned, more than eight million jobs, mm-hmm. and now we're transitioning into a steady, a stable growth. The president actually wrote an op-ed mm-hmm. to discuss that himself, to ta- mm-hmm. lay out his plan on how we're going to bring down Inflation. And so that's really important. In order uh, to take this on, we got to have some, uh, be in a good historic economic place, which is w- where we are right
1: now. Oh, do you feel better now? We are in a good historic economic place with inflation higher than it's been since 1981 and gas prices higher than they've ever been. A good historic place. Yes, Joe Biden did write an op-ed. Yes, he did. And his cure for inflation is to tax and spend more. Uh, He's mad that he was not allowed to spend the amount of money that he wanted to spend on the American Rescue Plan. And you might remember that that was Joe Manchin who stood in front of that. Uh, Joe Scarborough and other Democrats decried Joe Manchin doing that at the time.
0: This is pretty simple stuff. You get the head of the Progressive Caucus, you get Joe Manchin... And you get Joe Biden and you put him in a room and you say, we're not going to get out of this room until one of two things happen. One, we have a deal or two, we're going to have a press conference where we go out and announce that Joe Manchin does not support any piece of legislation regarding Build Back Better.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That was evil, Joe Manchin. Uh, Joe Scarborough has had a uh, come to Jesus moment since then.
0: And my God, I just wonder what would have happened if progressives had gotten their $6 trillion wish earlier this year.
1: Yeah, and in an ironic way, you almost have to thank Joe Manchin for blocking that.
0: I wouldn't even say ironically thank Joe Manchin. You can just thank Joe Manchin uh, if you're glad that interest rates aren't even higher. <laughs>
1: It's a clown show. It's an utter clown show. It's a clown show with policy. It's a clown show with flipping their positions and one day demonizing Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and others who push back against this nonsense, and then the next day lauding them for it. All of this was clearly evident on the horizon when you elected a man president who was not. Cogent enough to escape his basement and come out and answer questions. 81 million votes. 81 million votes. Now his approval ratings are hovering around 30%. They got a long way to fall.